Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news paper since 1971. Bo just having a Ben Jarofsky show as I speak. What's the date? Got to look at the paper. Oh my God, I should know. It's the day after the 4th of July, uh, Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. Uh, and uh, so I will just uh, tell you that w- what's in the news is apropos to what I want to be uh, leading off with, with my distinguished guests. Although, uh, longtime listeners of the show know this distinguished guest, know that Lord knows where we're going to end up once we start talking. Uh, but we're going to start at a certain point <laughs> and we'll see where we end up. I, <laughs> uh, we almost did the show before the show uh, when we were talking about what we we're going to talk about. So we'll see where we end up. But uh, the one of the big uh, news items of the day is that Meta is about to come out. The Meta is the old face, is what Facebook is known as. Meta. I, I don't know. Hey, nobody. Zuckerberg didn't run it by me, but I thought it was a dumbass name. Anyway, uh, Meta is about to come out with Thread, which is a direct rival for Twitter, uh, and uh, that's capitalism, ladies and gentlemen. That's capitalism, and they see an opportunity to knock Twitter out. They're going for it. <laughs> it's combat sports in a different way, uh, and um, they only they act as though I'll put this out there. All these titans of capitalism act as though they believe in a free market until they get in trouble. When they're exposed and when they could potentially lose it all or lose a lot or lose anything. And then they start crying like little babies and turn into socialists. Now, I am basically a socialist in my worldview, the way I want the world to be. Here, here. The world hasn't worked out well for me in the terms of socialism. You know, I'm still stuck in a New Deal uh, prototype that was from the 1930s. Even I wasn't even born when the New Deal was around. But that's kind of my vision, my dream, my utopia. And I just, one thing that I have to say annoys the hell out of me is when people who profess to be free market capitalists run to socialism. Whenever there's any threat. And look no further than the NFL, my friends, the National Football League. Look no further than the NBA, my beloved NBA, which I spend so much time watching and following. I'll probably have a little discourse with my distinguished guest when we get to the NBA segment. But they all protect themselves, the owners. They all have salary caps. And salary caps are their way of protecting their portions of the money that TV gives them to broadcast and that they get from selling T-shirts and selling tickets and selling parking spaces and whatever else they sell. Instead of a wide-open free market where teams desperate to win would pay whatever it takes to get the greatest players to come to their team, they have a cap. And that limits the amount they can pay. And that means the players have a limit 
and the owners don't really. I mean, if they could get more money from TV, they're getting more money. They're going to raise their ticket prices. They'll raise their ticket prices. So cap for the players, no cap for them. Socialism and protection for them. (laughs) Free market for the players. It just kind of irritates me. So anyway, Zuckerberg sees Musk on the ropes, sees Twitter on the ropes. He's going for the kill. Capitalism, man. It's no joke. All right, without further ado, I'm going to bring on my distinguished guest who's been patiently waiting uh, for his opportunity to talk. Uh, and he's got a lot to say, I know. Distinguished guest, introduce yourself. How you guys doing? This is Serge Vicente, the host of the Fight Podcast, along with the litany of other things that I go ahead and do. Digital creator, combat sports journalist, doc producer, all of the above. This is what we do. What is going on, Ben? Uh, all right, let's. You heard my opening riff, uh, and uh, so thank you so much. It's not enough. Me, oh yes, always a blast. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he went for Ben Jaroski's show. His last appearance went viral. We put him on Instagram. Speaking of uh, yeah. uh, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> uh, and your riff about Jamal Bowen, Bowman, the congressman who has the guts for, from New York to just tell MAGA people off. A lot of people appreciate it. Let's just put it that way. So we'll get to politics eventually. Um, So this one blew my mind. So it's not enough that Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are two of the wealthiest men in the world. Uh, It's not enough that uh, they each own social media companies that are giants in that area and are hugely uh, influential uh, uh, people in the world. Now they're taking it one step further. They want to meet in the ring. They want to fight as a physical fight. And as soon as I read this article, I reached out to Serge. I said, you got to come on. We have to talk about this. What is it about wealthy, powerful men? They want to... I don't even know. They're not even like... Elon Musk is a flabby 52-year-old. I I think I may be in better shape than Elon Musk. I, I, I would are. not get. I would not fight. Challenge anybody to a fight anywhere. It's like so juvenile. Unless you're trained for it, you know what I'm saying. It's like, but no, they gotta prove something. Yes. So I don't know if this fight's gonna happen. Yeah, um, take it away with your initial thoughts, and we'll just follow up. Go ahead. Well. Um, to be fair, I, the reason that these individuals do that is that one thing that Elon Musk specifically, even more than Zuck, uh, because at least I give Zuck credit, um, he's been training jujitsu for a while now, and, and he actually enjoys the sport. And you can tell he's tried to ingratiate himself within the combat sports community. Um, I am not that willing to let him in, but it, you know how it is. If you're a legitimate fan of the sport, I, I will show you the respect that you deserve and the fact that he's going in there and he's training. Cool. I get whatever. Um, Elon Musk is his whole thing is bravado. His whole thing is, you know, I want to be masculine. I, I want to align myself with the Andrew Tates of the world. I want to be I want to be viewed as a man. And so for him, the moment that that opportunity comes up and they say that, of course, he's going to jump at it. Yeah, I'll fight him. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just like at the end of the day, dude, you're, you're a weenie when it boils down to it. They both are. Let's just keep it a beat. <laughs> right. They're they're both these rich individuals that want to have some semblance of masculinity and the way that they believe that they can go out there and do that is put on a show of bravado for the world to see and then at the end of it they can say look i am the most powerful of the rich doofs in the world right they'll be able to go out there and and say that nonsense right who knows they'll end up you know going out there and wrestling putin next for all i know um it's it's a complete joke uh, to be fair, um, if Dana White has his way, the president of the UFC, uh, this fight will absolutely happen. Uh, UFC 300, um, uh, th- that, that's what they would actually love for it to happen. And I'll be extremely honest with you. I would be a fool to sit there and tell you that this is not going to happen, to be fair. 
Um, I, this is something that could absolutely happen. It's hilarious because of hypocrisy of somebody like a Dana White who calls anything that, for instance, Francis Ngannou wants to do in terms of boxing. He calls that specifically a gimmick fight. And those are gimmicks. But he is bringing the biggest joke gimmick fight of all to the UFC in order to have these two buffoons go out there and try to scrap <laughs> um speaking of for instance we're talking about um uh you know what meta is coming up with and the the uh the new the the rival to twitter that they have two of the fired twitter people um two black gentlemen uh who were fired from twitter started a company recently called spill and spill was just three days ago was released in the app store and is the number one uh social media app right now in the apps in the apple app store it's not uh, available yet to um to to uh to androids but at the end of the day sorry to say it like this don't know i care about y'all uh but uh <laughs> so you android users all jokes these are jokes uh but um there that is a black owned company i actually just jumped on there and that is fantastic both these gentlemen used to work with twitter and now they're a direct rival to twitter it is a company that is set up specifically um it is made again for disenfranchised people it is made for you know the culture creators which ends up being black brown lgbtq those are the people that end up creating culture and they've done that so salute to them i just want to give them a shout out real quick because it is a fantastic app and uh it is still in the beta stage so i hope that it continues growing uh because i do think it's fantastic i've been on it for a few days um but the the the, the fights themselves that they're the, the that these gentlemen are doing i think is a complete joke um i hope it does not happen but it's truly all of them it, it this is all led and based by ego and these gentlemen are sitting here their ego is is setting them honestly into a very bad situation because I don't know if they understand this. Um, getting into a fight is not fun. <laughs> getting into a fight, especially in front of crowds, your anxiety is going to be dripping off of you. The the fear that they that these guys truly have is going to hit them. And um, last thing they want to do. So at the end of the day, do I think this is going to happen? Absolutely not. Now I think about it, it won't happen because they're not going to risk the opportunity for one of them to to get hurt or, or lose, and then they're going to have to jump back on their little pro, their little apps and say, "Yeah, I took this L." Because all of a sudden, the 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 image the, the that they're holding it's the same thing like Donald Trump. Donald Trump isn't going to go fight anybody because when it boils down to it, when you actually look at it, the image of this tough guy would disappear. Once I see this out of shape walrus jump out here and try to go out here and fight somebody and then he gets just just manhandled or it is just the least athletic fight in the history of fighting, they will be a laughing stock. They're not willing to do that, in my opinion. Mm. Well, what is the attraction? You've been studying the fight game for a long time. Yes. So you understand how you build a market for something, how you build yes. uh, the interest in it. So help me out here. Uh, what is the attraction of watching Elon Musk get into a ring with Mark Zuckerberg and have a The fight? two most powerful men, men in the world doing the most entertaining thing in the world. If I've, I might have said this before here, but I've said this plenty of times, even on my show. When it boils down to it, if we're on a corner, you got Chicago over there, you got six corners and everything, you know, all those streets you have. You look over, you have a baseball game going on in one corner. I look at the other corner, I got a football game going on in the other corner. I go in the other corner, I got a basketball game going on in the other corner. And on the last corner, I have a fight going on in that corner. Don't nobody care about any of those other sports. Everybody's going to go over and watch the fight. It is what it is. It is human nature. There's something inherent about violence that we just truly enjoy. And that gladiator type of activity to the point where Rome went out there and said, y'all want to have this fight at the Coliseum is totally <laughs> insane. But it is that type of energy why individuals want to see it. They want to see the violence. They want to see the fight it is intriguing at a cellular level as human beings we enjoy this. We want to see it because at the end of the day, we're animals. And and that, that is one thing that animals do. 
And don't you think there'd be there's also a comic element to it? Like the it's absolutely it is the train wreck. We want to see the train wreck because at the end of the day, is we're about to see a robot, you know, go against you know a a trust fund baby. You know what I mean? So it, that that's exactly what it is. I mean, uh, <laughs> an apartheid trust fund baby at that. Where we'll end up seeing that nonsense. So um, as you can see, I'm not a fan of either person, but um, that's what they want to do. They they want to. It's we want to see the train wreck. It, it's it's enticing to be able to see that. Yeah, I I do detect from what you said. And I get you to follow up on this. That yes, you're not a fan of Zuckerberg or Musk. No, but in this particular realm, you have less disdain for for Zuckerberg than Musk. Just because, because I've seen him around the game a little longer. He he's he's actually somebody who had, who has been training. Um, he's desperately trying to. You know, he'll show up to the events. He even rented out the UFC where he was the only person in there for an event about about three or four months ago um he he actually enjoys martial arts so as a as a fan of martial arts i i i'm not going to be the gatekeeper that says you cannot pass like no you're not that person if you actually love the sport i'm going to give you your props you know and for somebody to actually say yeah i go in here and you know I'm, i'm about that action you have to give anybody credit that is willing to put themselves on the line, especially when they're worth that much money. Mm-hmm. When you're worth that much money, there I don't need to get punched in the face. You shoot, you, you give me any of those checks that Mayweather got, yeah, I could have took one of them and I would have been done. Look at May, look at Conor mm-hmm. McGregor. Conor McGregor got that that Mayweather money one fight. He hasn't been right ever since. You know what I mean? He has. He's not even trying to go out there and fight anybody. He's worth over four hundred million dollars now because of all the other business moves that he's made because of the money that he made from the Conor McGregor fight, or should I say, the the Floyd Mayweather fight. So when you see these things out here, that that's what it is. I mean, they they want well, the attention, uh, but I do give him props because he's actually a fan of the sport. Yeah. Uh, uh, in defense of Conor McGregor, he did fight the Miami Heat mascot. Uh, at oh, that halftime, you see that? Thing? Yeah, and he was also accused of raping that same uh, that same halftime show. So I, I don't. I, he's a clown. I don't care about Conor McGregor yeah. in the least. Uh, that was uh, ironic, facetious uh, in defense when I said that of Conor McGregor. Yeah, I know. I know. The mask. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He bought uh, the mask. And um, poor guy. All right. So the let's go back to. Yeah, let's go back to the concept of two men who are not qualified to be fighters getting in the yes. ring and fighting and probably having one of the largest audiences. If Dana White can pull this off, you and I both know, just for the reasons you pointed out, it's going to have a huge audience. If for, if for no it. other reason than everybody's getting ready to laugh at two fabulously Ooh. wealthy people. Yes. Um. So... It's going to have a huge audience. I I agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Elon Musk wants to subject himself uh, to just he the humiliation. He likes to talk the game. He he likes to talk. And again, he has the bravado. I he likes to say he's a tough guy. You know, we've even seen him on Twitter before talking about like he'd fight somebody or he'd do something. No, you won't, sweetheart. No, you won't. You you you're not going to go out here and get put. You're not going to get touched. Okay, and, and I can tell by. Honestly, your physical appearance, like, let's just keep it a buck. I'm not here to body shame anybody, but if you're actually about that action, you will look like you'd be able to move. He he, and Donald Trump look like they work out at the exact same place. No way. <laughs> McDonald's. All right. Yeah. Uh, so now I'm going to tie two things together here. This something's yes, been really on my mind. Uh, since the affirmative action uh, ruling came down last week by the Supremes. We'll get into the particulars of that in a little while. But uh, the Supremes in the MAGA-6, the justices on the Supreme Court who ruled (laughs) against affirmative action, we call them the MAGA-6. I like it. uh, And that's what they are. Uh, They have uh, said that we must preserve the concept of a meritocracy where people advance only because they deserve to advance, which is a complete joke. Thank you. Given everything in the universe, there is no meritocracy. Not Uh, at all. And uh, 
not at all. But they're they are like trying to shame black people. Yes, it's the gaslighting of a black America, in yes. my humble opinion, into 1, like being ashamed of this. Look, Sergio, it's this much, okay? Benefit. It's not the forty acres and the, the mule. It it doesn't even benefit us though. If we really think about what's going on with affirmative action, the pe- the people that like the thing the the way that it has been marketed for the conservative party is that they are allowing unqualified black folks into white spaces. That is how it's marketed, yes. right? But that is not the case. What it is doing is it is highlighting and helping bring people that probably would not be found if it wasn't for these things, right? That's what it is. Now, if we're really talking about affirmative action, the people that, are, that have benefited the most from affirmative action aren't black people. It's white women, White women have, a, have, have benefited the most from affirmative action. So it's incredible that these individuals, 70% that have voted for Donald Trump, who helped put these justices in and continue supporting these people, are cutting their nose off in spite of their face. It's, it's constant, over and over again. Now, let's talk about people that are actually benefiting from things that aren't deserving of it. And I'm so happy that somebody's suing, currently suing Harvard University because of this, because Let's talk about legacy admissions. Let's talk about that because these in, these universities were close to over fifty percent of the individuals are that are getting into these schools are from either be legacy or booster or their parents, mommy and daddy worked there. <laughs> so it's not even the people. These people aren't even qualified. We're talking about the people that are in qual- These are doofs that are getting in here that are just given opportunities where the rest of us have to sit here and struggle to get in. We're talking about yeah. things that are being merit-based. Legacy admissions has been proven not to be merit-based, but it's because my, my, my granddaddy's name is on that building, so you're going to go to that school, and it's yeah. okay. But, and this is the point I was going to make, everything you said is true. What they're doing, what they're trying to do, in my humble opinion, and vehemently disagree with me if you do, because I know you will disagree with me if you do. (laughs) They're gaslighting black America. Yes, yeah, They want black people to think like they're not qualified for whatever it is, wherever they go. It's a university, Hollywood, Yes. Law firms, yes. corporate America, they want black All people to think we're not qualified for this position. Yep. We're only here because we're black. They want to yep. radiate black people with that but no, notion. But, but the thing about it is it's not even that they're trying to. We don't believe that. We know that that's not the case. What they're doing. So they're they're just gaslighting us, if anything. But what they're yeah. doing that they're just trying to reaffirm that for the the whites, Essentially, they're trying to bolster their case. This is it. They don't belong here because of this, this and this and that. When we are like, dude, I've sat in rooms with these educated and these quote unquote Harvard educated individuals. And you sit there and they don't know. They don't know shit from shit. They, they are, they're clowns. And then you realize you're like, wow, this fancy education, all this cash and everything that you've gotten, everything that it doesn't make you any more aware. It doesn't make you any more bright. All it does is it continue keeping them in that that cycle of feeling the exact same way and thinking, yeah, this is how it's supposed to be. It's inherently racist in the way that they're doing it. They're all they're trying to do is segregate it. You guys have to stay over there in your poor places and that and in the, in these prestigious education. And that's the thing: education is something that is a privilege and they're trying to lock that down it is a privilege to get educated and you have to be white to be that and that is what they're doing and then what they're going out there and doing which is so disheartening and when you look at these last two cases is they bring out the nonsense quote-unquote model minority myth and then they Mm -hmm. go out there and they get a handful of individuals that go out there and say look black people are getting these opportunities when we're not they weren't talking about the white women that are actually getting them more opportunities. They weren't saying that. They were specifically highlighting black individuals. And to me, again, that modern minority myth is absolutely asinine. It is so ridiculous. And the fact that these individuals come over to this country and they buy into it is shameful. 
for them to not sit here and actually understand. And I get that. I get it. You come here and then you're sitting here like, you know, we they want to assimilate which they believe is America. And what they believe is America is whiteness. So they try to do everything can. Anything else that's against it, they sit there and say, you know, no, that's bad. I don't want to do that. I watched the documentary of Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, recently, the one that's on Netflix. And it was so telling because the first thing he goes out there and says is like, when I got here, they got civil rights movement, and everything going on. I ain't got nothing to do with that. I'm here to make myself, you know, you know, rich and do this. They, I don't know what they're complaining for. That is the idea that they come in there. And then what the, the, the white society or conservatives and white supremacy ends up doing is saying that, hey, when we boil down to it, you're right. Look at them. They're lazy. They're this. They're that. Without talking about how we've had our necks stepped on for the last 400 years. Wait, not to go down a, a road, a tangent with Schwarzenegger. D did he, in that doc, which I have not seen, I actually intend to watch the documentary because I find yeah. him an interesting character. But does he even show any irony when he says that? Did he like later say, I came to realize, of course, no, that. No, uh, no. And, and, and I stopped watching it after that point, to be fair. Because well, I actually, you know, I, I watched the rest of that episode and stuff, but he said it, he stood on it. And uh, and he didn't go back. It, it's exactly how he felt. And they actually followed it up with him in a in a photo draped with like literally draped in the American flag. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's shameful. So and let's, time, not, let's not talk about his father being a Nazi. So he already comes from yes. the ideology. Yes. Let's not talk about that in, in his native Austria. All right. Yeah. I, so tying the two themes together, follow me on this. So exactly. while they're gaslighting black America with the notion yes. Uh, yes. that there are certain venues that they really don't belong in, which is what they're saying. Okay. Absolutely. So they're saying we don't belong in higher education. That is exactly what, what they're saying. Yeah, you don't belong in higher education and all the little, all the fields that spread out from that law, business, finance, just it, anything, it anything deep. that makes anything. money. You guys don't belong here. You don't belong there. Yep. So follow me in this while they say that, Yes. Zuckerberg and Musk feel <laughs> absolutely free to go into a ring where they are completely unqualified to be. You talk about not being qualified. These are two men. One guy has spent maybe a year. Okay. A year study. I knew kids in high school that spent more time studying jujitsu. When I was in high school, it, well, it was a, Bruce Lee was huge. That's how old I am, Serge. Bruce Lee was huge. Bruce Everybody Lee. was doing uh, martial arts when I was back in the 70s. They have more experience than Mark Zuckerberg, okay? But give Mark Zuckerberg this. He, his one year of training is more, one year more than Musk has, and yet they both feel like they have the right it's entitlement. to go into it's a ring where they have no qualifications no. whatsoever no. help me understand the psychology of that i mean white entitlement is a real thing Let, let's just be honest i mean it's one of those things that uh not only white entitlement being rich their whole lives rich individuals have the ideology that when it boils down to it i can do anything and everything and there's nothing you can do to stop me i mean prime example look at donald j trump or whatever the hell his middle name is you know, Donald doofy-ass Trump sits here <laughs> and, you know, he believes that he is, he's absolved of everything. I can do anything and everything because I'm rich. And these rich individuals feel as if they can do the same thing. And one thing we realize is that rich people, they, again, when you're rich, everything's free. They, they, they get, they get, the things are given to them and they get access to things. And since they have access to those things, they believe that they are, they, it is okay for them to do things that honestly, they're not qualified to do. A la Donald Trump, you weren't qualified to be president, but you were rich and you're entitled. So you felt as if you were supposed to be there. This is my birthright. I can do anything I want to do because this is who I am there. They, when you're rich like that. And again, because of the the white supremacy that is around us, when you have both of those things, you are you must feel like Superman. I say they must be something waking up as a rich white dude. Like, hey, man, the the power that you must feel when you wake up, you must feel like Les Luthor just vibrating everywhere when you walk <laughs> around. I have no clue, 
but uh it, but but it's the reality of it and unfortunately and that's exactly what it is it's an entitlement that these rich individuals have feels if that no matter what i can jump the line i don't have to pay my dues i can jump the line and that's exactly what these individuals are doing so if you were a fighter and you were given the opportunity to go on the card let's just say the fight were to happen it's going to be the biggest fight in terms of tv viewership yeah uh, probably would, would you take it they oper- would you take if they offer hell White yeah said, <laughs> what if you gonna put me on that car pff, hell yes <laughs> i get all the eyeballs on me because that's the thing if i go out there now because yeah. i know that they have all the eyeballs on them there on that car people are going to continue watching it hopefully i can get some fans off of this somebody buys my merch or something like that yeah. like pff, you best believe, and if it's a pay-per-view fight, night as a fighter, I get pay-per-view points. Oh, yeah, give me all that money. Yeah, I want to be on that card. <laughs> just, yeah. just checking. Okay, yeah. yes, I'm not gonna turn it. I'm like, yeah. oh, really? This is what they want to do? Look, they some clowns, but I'm on that card. Yeah. And here's the thing, and I hate to say it, I am a combat sports journalist, so when it boils down to it, that card makes it happen. I'm going to be at a media day. I'm going to ask those two fools questions and I'm going to clown them. Don't get it twisted. I will clown them in their face, but I will still ask them questions. I'll be like, where does a robot feel qualified to go out here and train? Where does a walrus feel like they're qualified to fight in this fight? Like, I will go back and forth and I will ask these specific questions. I'll be a little bit more tactful. I'll be a little bit more, you know, nice with it, but I will still ask them those type of questions. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, and yeah, uh, I again, believe I'm on that card. I, I, I don't believe it's going to happen, uh, but I believe we're part of, and I haven't really formalized these uh, thoughts. They're really raw coming out of my mouth right now, Serge, but I really believe we're at a moment with capitalism where the high-profile capitalists uh, have like taken on the persona of fighters. Uh, and they relish that they're imitating uh, they wrestlers. Tough guys. They want yeah. to be tough guys. They love the idea of the. And also think of of MAGA, right? Think of what Donald Trump has done over the last few years. He has highlighted trying to come off as a tough guy. I would do this. I would do this. How dare they? I bet you Joe Biden wouldn't fight me. This is what that sect of individuals thrives on. Again, this that phrase, toxic masculinity. They love it. They love toxic masculinity. They that's why all of them get quotes from a a terrible individual in Andrew Tate and people like him, right? All of these people highlight the things that 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 Elon Musk highlights and what he's taken away. All of these type of things are highlighting aggro white men. And that is what they're doing, and they're leaning into it. And what do they like? They like the idea, yeah, I'm a tough guy. You can't tell me what to do. America. Like, that. that is what they do. And by the way, yesterday was happy 15 days after Juneteenth. I didn't celebrate that nonsense. <laughs> that was a great riff, man. You tied it all together. Uh, yeah. I actually, the 4th of July, this is, again, not planned, but we'll go into, uh, before we go into the next uh, topic, I, I basically uh, hunker down during the 4th of July. I hate firecrackers. I, I like a, a fireworks, like going to the White Sox game on Friday, and there'll be a fireworks show, professionals running the show, okay? Yes, yes, yes. I enjoy it. I'll sit there and enjoy the fireworks. But firecrackers, sir, I, I don't like them. I don't like how they terrorize dogs. Uh, it's a whole side yeah, of the Fourth we, of July we, culture. We had that bombs going off here last night, like here in LA, literally from about seven fifty p.m. to about one thirty a.m. It was nonstop. It sounded like a war zone out here, just constant boom, blah, blickety, blah, blah, everything. Like, yeah. and, I mean, you see it for, but and now our air quality still isn't bad as Chicago, but it, it ain't fun. <laughs> Isn't that wild? LA's air quality is not as bad as Chicago. That is just uh Hey man, I'm breathing wild. good air over here. I don't know what you guys are doing. Uh, that is so wild. <laughs> and by the way, uh LA I was just telling uh, DJ Nate this. I, as soon as I start going to LA cuz my kids moved out there, 
the weather changes. Every time I go to Los Angeles, it's rainy, it's it's chilly. I'm like, the global warming is a real not, thing. Yeah, global warming is a real deal. Uh, all right. Uh, Donald John Trump, ladies and gentlemen, you want to know what the J in the Donald John Trump, okay? Uh, Donald it, it should Trump, be C, the General Clown Trump. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty good. All right, uh, let's talk a little basketball uh, while I have you yeah. here. The last time you're yeah. in the show, you went on a riff about John Morant, and a lot of listeners uh, texted me uh, to say how much they appreciated uh, that riff. Uh, I don't even know if you remember it, but uh, you were talking about uh, John Morant, the uh, outstanding guard for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, it was like a cry for help, what he's been doing, uh, and he uh, is in desperate need of some good counseling. Uh, it's a whole riff. I tr- urge everybody to check out. Um, didn't they just sign? Uh, didn't they just sign our boy? Didn't they just sign? Yes, um, that's where I was going with yeah, it. Yeah, uh, they, they, they per- perfect they mentor. Signed. You know, Guns and Roses. There we go. Yeah. The backcourt <laughs> of Guns and Roses. Let's go. <laughs> I thought it. Did you just come up with that right now? That or I do what I can. Was that, man. Inter- was that on Twitter? Was that on Spill? I missed it. Uh, the the rose in that uh, phrase is Derek Rose, uh, the pride and joy of Chicago, Simeon High School, class of 2007. Uh, and uh, the Knicks dropped him, and Memphis Grizzlies signed him to be basically uh, the big brother to John Murray. Yes. Your thoughts? I think that's a great idea. I, I mean, if anybody has been the the a model citizen since he's been in the NBA. Granny had one little hiccup at, you know, a few years back, but um nothing really came of that. But when you're looking at somebody like Derrick Rose and what I know of Derek and we and I've been able to work with him when I was uh training when I was in Chicago, he's a guy that stays at home. He's a guy that that, you know, he's not out in these streets. He 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 is he is a legitimate leader. And um, I think somebody like that, an experienced veteran like that, and that's one thing that I think you and I might have discussed before. Uh, The league has gotten so young, and they've gotten away from having veterans. You need those vets on those teams to help learn those young guys. All these guys, these young boys are getting ridiculous amounts of money and contracts, and a lot of them don't want to listen to anybody, but they will listen to a legend that's still in the locker room with them. They're the, the Udonis Haslam's of the world. If we're talking about the Memphis Grizzlies a few years back, Tony Allen, guys like that. You know what I mean? You know, you know, Matt Barnes, that like you need those type of individuals in the locker room that will help you know, get you guys going. I remember growing up being watching the Bulls. I remember they brought Robert Parrish out there. Robert Parrish had to be every bit of 56 years old, and he was still out here playing. <laughs> and he was on the Bulls bench. It was great. You needed those type of guys out there, yeah. right? To be fair, Robert Parrish is probably my age now. But, <laughs> you know, but he, but uh, he, he, but still, you had a veteran, 38-plus-year-old gentleman that were still on the league, still in the team, still there helping school those young guys. And that's what I think the league is missing. And that's what I think that um, I think it's beneficial that Memphis did that and brought a, a not only a a veteran, they brought a veteran guard that was John Morant before John Morant. You know what I mean? That type of explosive guy who's won an MVP, who's done it all. So obviously, aside from winning a championship here in his favorites, you know, his 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 hometown. But it's OK. You know, it wasn't his fault. Uh that's what I think. I, I think it's. I think it's a great move. To be fair, were you disappointed that the Bulls didn't sign Derrick Rose? Because yes! as soon as the word broke, every every Bull fan I know was. I mean, I was t- sign him, sign him, sign him, and they didn't it, it, sign. It, him. it makes no sense that they didn't sign him, especially because who knows what the hell is happening with Lonzo? He's not playing this year. We need a point guard. I I don't understand why you wouldn't bring him back. And last year, Prudane thing is that he can still get buckets. He, he's still an asset to a team. You know, I understand why the Knicks didn't hold on to him when they you see who they just signed. They, they got, you know, they got the, the Villanova three out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So where they have those those guys out there, you don't need another guard. I get it. But the Bulls, I mean, what do we have? We still have Kobe garbage white. Kobe White's out there. Oh, still? stop and, it. <laughs> dude, he, like come Kobe on, man. But, he, but, he's, but he's not a star. 
He he yeah. he is nothing more. We thought when we were, we drafted him that he has an opportunity to be a star in this league, and he is not that. Yeah. I'd rather have somebody like Derrick Rose that actually can be impactful to a game more than Kobe White. It would make to- it makes total pick. sense. Uh, I I would have a I was waste of a six pick. Uh, well, I gotta go back. Would you rather have him or Tyler Her- Harrow? Because he was in that draft down. too. Hands down, I think I said that then. I think Tyler Hero has proven to be a better, a more of an asset than him. If in All fact, right, so, if Tyler, not saying that they would have won the the series, but it, that series with Denver would have been totally different. Tyler Hero was healthy in there. He gets buckets. Yeah, yeah. you got to score in the NBA, ladies and gentlemen. You have to, especially uh, right. this version of the NBA. Yes. So let me introduce a topic and get your riff on it. Uh, and it's NBA related, but it really is all sports. I'm all, I'm all ears. Uh, and that is the phoniness of management. Follow me on where I'm about to go. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll give an example, the Golden State Warriors. And it's just so people know, I cannot stand the Golden State Warriors. I say Why that not? all the time on the mic. Well, first of all, pure jealousy. Just, I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm not lying. It was pure jealousy. <laughs> The best record in the history of the NBA was held by my beloved Chicago Bulls. Yes, that team with Robert Parrish on it. And he was 42 years old when he was on that team. So he was older than you are now. They didn't win the title. I know. That's my point. Yeah, I get you. And so that's what I always know. So I still hate him. And do you know why? The GOAT stopped him. Oh. Oh, wait. Did Michael Jordan come back and play for the Cleveland Cavaliers? That, that, that it, is not, that's that is the, not goat. the GOAT. No, it is not. We're talking about the, the NBA's all-time leading scorer. This man has statistically, again, more points, more rebounds, more assists. He's a better team player. We're going to go with LeBron. Longevity. People always talk about greatness in terms of longevity. How can we knock somebody that is still great? Michael Jordan, this he was going up and down. He left. He was hurt. He came back. No. Nah, longevity. 21 years, he's still one of the top five players in the NBA. We cannot knock that. Wait, is he in the top five? I I, I believe a tangent so. within a tangent within a tangent. I will name I five so. players. At, okay, wait, time out. So you think he belongs in the top five more than Embiid, Giannis, or the Joker? Then Embiid, yes. That's three. I, I think you only I, have I, two I think, left. I, I think I think Embiid, yes. I think he's he's better than Embiid. I think right wow. now, Giannis, I'll put ahead of him. I'll put the Joker ahead of him at this present moment in time. You put him ahead of Steph Curry? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Steph Curry I doesn't play defense. Way. How can I? How can I, I? That's one thing that I people people I look at greatness and a good basketball player as somebody who does everything. Just because Steph Curry is really good at threes, it doesn't mean I'm going to say he's the best player in the league. He he's a great player. He shoots threes, but again, he's one of those guys that I've never seen him outside of that system. I but I have seen a player in LeBron James that's taken three different franchises championships and has won. You know what I mean? Like I I, I see that. I've seen people in three and in, in different systems making it happen. And then again, if you do not play defense, to me, you are not in that the conversation. Why do we love Michael Jeffrey Jordan? He did it on both ends of the ball. He locks you down and he score on your head. LeBron does the same thing. Okay, so I, I'm I will allow, as I always do, my guests to get the final word, and I'll move on because that's not where I wanted to go anyway. Uh, <laughs> the discussion of the who's the greatest? Because in my mind, as, the last time we had this conversation, it's okay. I'll say it again. Hey, but here's the Will thing: one day, Will one day, one greatest. Oh my God! Come on! Nice. <laughs> you said that the last time. <laughs> now right, let's just forget the greatest conversation. <laughs> let's go move on to where I wanted to go. I just did. Uh, you literally said that. I said the same thing. It made your mind go. All right, so but him in top th- this 20, one is I'm happy uh, with that. Uh, I, I wow, I, I look top ten. You could put him in top ten, but I'm not. I'm top. sorry, I'm not. I, no, no, uh, no, wow. All right, he's not better than Shaq. On. Even Shaq would say, Shaq "Well, Chamberlain would have dunked on his head." I don't care what Shaq says. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you what I've right, seen with these eyes. <laughs> let let's let's move on to what I want to get at. Because I don't want to do goat Hakeem stuff. Hakeem Olajuwon is the greatest center of all time. In my opinion. Okay. So, you, how, 
I, I can't even get the words out. Bill Russell is invented the position. I don't care if Bill you invented Russell, the position. There's plenty of people that invent things that aren't. They, they, time changes. Things evolve. You end up being getting better than them in the in the future. Things move on. Would name it. Yeah. What is his name? Name Smith or whatever hell his name is. Who who came up with basketball? Joe, He's the greatest name, basketball player in the world. Name, no, ever. he just invented it. Days Naismith. All right, wait. Let me get to the point. So, a year ago, 2022, Golden State wins the championship. Jordan Poole yes. does it really well for them. Over 20 points a game. Yes. They give him. They sign him a four-year contract. They give him tens of millions all of, of dollars. They the they money. say, "We love you. We. Th- it's so important that you be with us, and we're you're you're part of our family. The you are part of Warrior Nation." And then fast forward a year, it's like he's got some kind of thing going with Draymond Green, and they got to just choose between one or the other. They traded the man in their family, the guy they love, the man they said they would thought of as a brother or a son to purgatory they sent him to the washington wizards so they <laughs> i'm like you can't believe a word a general manager tells you sir you can't believe the word that any corporation tells you this is business no matter what if you're looking at any fortune 500 company you're looking at any any company in general the management, the bosses, they can tell you anything they want to tell you. But if it comes to the bottom line, they'll end up firing you, no matter what it is. Look at ESPN. They they cut Max Kellerman, Jalen Rose, uh, Stan Van Gundy, you know, Jeff, say Jeff Van Gundy, and, and a litany of other people that are extremely talented. Why? Because they need to protect their bottom line. And at the end of the day, the Warriors, at, in, in the locker room, Jordan Poole is a problem. Jordan Poole, they said the moment that he ended up getting paid, he started acting different. He started moving differently. And last year, he was not good. And when it boils down to it, if you want to sit here and, you, and we're actually looking at, you know, what, what makes sense for a franchise that wants to win, they, they wanted to take the cancer out. And that's what they did. Now, if we look at Draymond Green, that team, people don't want to give Draymond his props. Draymond Green, any other system, any other team, he wouldn't, he, he might have been out of the league by now. Let's just be very honest. But in that system, on that team, he is a heart and soul of it. He makes that team go. That team is not going to be the Warriors without Draymond. They had to pay him. And he deserves to retire as a Warrior. So I'm happy that they made that move. Well, I uh by the way, he Draymond Green will be loved. If you were in Chicago, he is. It's I mean, so funny, Chicago boy. fans. Yeah, it, it's like it reminds me of Dennis Rodman. For I always loved Dennis Rodman. I, I mean, I loved Dennis Rodman from the moment I saw him. And there's something about him that I just loved this guy. But he's a rookie guarding yeah. Bird in the playoffs in '87. I love Dennis Rodman, and I stood yeah. with him, even though a Bulls fan. I'm a beloved Bull. He pushed Scottie Pippen. I kind of gave him a little, you know. I uh, well, it's like a teacher's I mean, pet. Look, you know, if, I, really I, if like I can, him. if I can take one or the other, you know. Now I'm rocking with Dennis over rocking with Scotty. Oh, well, Scotty this, did. Uh, Scott, uh, Scotty, De- I don't know what's going on with him right now. No. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's always putting out joy. Dennis Rodman. Uh, th- now here's an argument. Dennis Rodman is on my all-time. F- if like uh, Every great player in the world is in a gym. And you, got, and me, you and I are picking players. You get the Sergio team. I get the Ben team. And like, so you're going to take LeBron James first. Then I'll take Michael Jordan. Okay, that's how we're going to Then I'll take go. Kobe Bryant. We're going to cancel that right out, aren't we? Rah! Kobe, go ahead and stick, all, Mike. Have a good time. No. I'll, I'll end up taking Dennis Rodman. He'll be on my starting I, five because he's going to get every is, rebound. Is, he's going to play defense, and he's going to pass the ball. And we are going that. to win. You would not beat me. <laughs> if we have to pick a team, I guarantee you I'd pick a better starting five. Well, that is another show. For another time, which I cannot wait. We've already got almost 50 minutes, so we pretty much got to end this one now. I look forward to that. I may have to bring to France in for that one because I'm not even going to do research. I'm just going to do it off the top of my head. I'm that confident. You first of all, you don't. I may take Elijah on. Then you're screwed. I got Jordan because then I'm going to take Shaq. I'm totally happy. 
or or, or, even I really Shaq, pi- or or I really piss you off, and I'll take I'll take Will just to do it. No, <laughs> <laughs> just to do it. <laughs> so uh, I'm not man, the one, Will, man. <laughs> Will rolled out of bed and got 50 points and 20 yeah, rebounds. Playing against a dude okay. mine, your height. <laughs> playing against a team filled with Elon Musk's and Mark Zuckerberg. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I just had to say that before uh, Sergio said it. Uh, and so we end the conversation where we began it uh, with two of the biggest doofuses in the world uh, who, <laughs> because they're so unbelievably rich, uh, feel they have the right to go and take, go into the ring. Uh, and, you know, I don't believe it'll happen. Uh, Sergio, any more than you do. I know Dana White is really going to try to make it happen, oh, and Ari Emanuel will be on that phone trying to make it happen. No, they won't. Well, I'll put it like this: if, if if it truly depends on how egotistical both of these men are, if their egos are exactly where I think it is, this fight might happen. To be fair, well, I mean, I'm thinking I could see Mark Zuckerberg. Mark's about it. He's, 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 yeah, he, he's, he's like, really yeah. into this now. Yeah, he's he's got a year of training, and I read his quotes, and like he time. is into this. Yeah, I've, 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 watched, him. I've watched him for a little bit. Elon, again, I just like anything else. Elon's a liar. <laughs> he's a liar and a clown. So I think he's just talking it up, and just like things that he's done with Twitter, he'll start talking about some other nonsense and kind of like, yeah. well, I meant to do this, you know, oh, 600, no, I mean 800, no, I mean 1,000. <laughs> uh, all right, close down by promoting uh, your various ventures uh, so the folks can follow you. Go ahead. Please check me out, and Ben, thank you so much for having me on the show once again. Uh, always appreciate it. Um, love talking politics and sports with you. Uh, you can check me out at The Fight Podcast, um, youtube.com slash at The Fight Podcast. Uh, you see all of my interviews and everything there. We are also working every day on different things as well, so keep your eyes and ears open. Uh, follow me on all the social medias at The Search Vicente, and uh, yeah, check us out. All right, very good. Thanks so much, Serge. Appreciate you coming on the show uh, and doing a great job as you always do. That's Serge Vicente. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. 